Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers and welcome to episode 2 of Reviving the Soul. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, Now there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to their kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. Genesis 1, 3 to 13. There are at least six different interpretations on the six days of creation. Now, we will not be addressing the validity of these views here, simply because whether or not God created the world in six 24-hour solar days or six revolutionary days is not the point of Genesis 1. But rather, we are going to seek to uncover Moses' intent behind his account and to try and discern what the Israelites would have thought of this account and how they would have read it in their own context. So the first thing we need to understand is that Genesis 1 is a polemic. And what I mean by that is that Genesis 1 is a defense. It's important to note that the Israelites had just been freed from a 400-year slavery in Egypt, and all they knew of deity were some old stories passed down through generations and what the Egyptians had taught them about their gods. Now Moses uses the creation account to deconstruct the Israelites' bad theology that had been taught to them for hundreds of years by the Egyptians. In the first two verses, Moses describes a God that has always existed. He has no origin. Now this is a foreign concept to the gods of Egypt. And immediately, Moses dismisses the gods of light and darkness by declaring that the God with no beginning created the light and darkness. In the same manner, in the following verses, Moses again dismisses the gods of sky, of the sea, and again, the earth gods. These first three days, Moses is completely dismantling Egyptian theology. The second thing we must understand about Genesis 1 is that it is historical. A common argument against the historicity of the creation account is that it is written in a poetic form. And it's true, Genesis 1 has stanzas and a refrain, making it a rhythmic Hebrew poem. Because of this, many people take this account to be a whimsical allegory that gives a very abstract, non-historical story of creation. Now this certainly is not the case. The creation account is referenced multiple times throughout scripture as an historical event by Moses, Jesus, and Paul. Although Genesis 1 does appear to be a poem, it is a poem that is describing an actual physical event. And finally, 
Genesis 1 is eschatological. And when I say eschatological, I know it is a big word, but it's a word that means the study of last things. In other words, Genesis 1 points to the future, and in particular, it points to Jesus Christ. See, on the first day, God proclaims everything into existence by the power of his word. And in John chapter 1, we learn what this word is. John chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Further on in the same chapter then tells us that this word became a man and dwelt among us. And we learn that this word is Jesus Christ himself. And beyond that, the Apostle Paul tells us in his letter to the Colossians that the world was created for Jesus to reign and rule over. Genesis points to the ultimate victory of Jesus and his eternal reign over creation and the hearts of men. And it is also interesting to note that the earth experiences light for the first three days of creation without a sun. But how can this be? Well, we're told in the book of Revelation that the new heavens and the new earth will have no need for a sun because the Lord God will be their light and its lamp is the Lamb. This echoes the words of Christ when he said of himself that he is the light of the world. Jesus also says in John 8 that those who follow him will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Here we see that Christ is the creator of all things. He is the light of the world, and he brings order in the midst of chaos. Now this week, do not walk in the darkness of sin and despair. Don't get caught up with the chaos of our current culture, but rather follow Jesus and receive the light of life. Reviving the Soul is available on all listening platforms, including Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. Be sure to like and share this episode. If you have any questions, please direct them to my Facebook page at Psalm 19 Revive. And don't forget to leave me a review and rating on iTunes, good or bad. And until next time, apply all of scripture to all of life.